there's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people. So we tried it the first year, had tremendous success. It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far this is my favorite. I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMN. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs. There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items, but most of the people you talk to, they say, well, we really come for the networking. It's a great joy to be here. In fact, it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music. St. Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us and before you knew it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you. And that sprung board a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good and you know very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something but they show us too, so that's, uh, that's an amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. I always love coming here and being here because it's, uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church, so it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you and be here once again on this Beatitude series. We've been doing the Beatitudes for the past uh, couple of weeks, and we continue doing them uh, this week. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and uh, co-host, Anne DeSantis. Welcome, Anne. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm amazing, Bill. Good to be here. I, I've been loving this uh, series that we're doing on the Beatitudes yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, I am, too, and, I, and, and I'm learning so much throughout this series. I'm learning so many wonderful things about our faith in talking about it. And, you know, when, when you spend time talking about Scripture with your friends, uh, like we do here in this series, the Holy Spirit shows up, and He enlightens our hearts. I mean, I've learned so very much from talking to you and sharing with you on this podcast series. So uh, let's dive in. Today's uh, beatitude that we're going to be focusing on is, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And again, um, we're pulling our beatitudes from the uh, Matthew's Gospel, from St. Matthew's Gospel, and you can find that particular verse on uh, chapter 5, verse 7 of Matthew's Gospel. 
Thank you, Bill. Yeah. And also thank you for announcing where it is so that they can open up their Bibles or even go on your phone on the app and, and read those Beatitudes. So uh, we are talking about mercy today. And I just pulled up something I thought would be interesting for us to reflect on. Now, this is from online. It's from catholiclife.dioc.org. And it's at the chain of cause and effect. And I'm just going to read what it says. And I think we can discuss this. It says, one of the keys to this beatitude is the principle that like produces like, like demands like. For example, love awakens love. Hate produces hate. Anger elicits anger. And joy brings forth joy. The Old Testament, in fact, provides us with a clear expression of this principle when it calls for an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Of course, this has serious implications. Disorder cannot produce order. Violence cannot produce peace. Bad cannot produce good. However, if this is true, what are we to do? Now, there's more to talk about. Obviously, I'm just reading part of it. But doesn't that make so much sense to us as humans? Yeah. That mercy, then, what does mercy produce? Mercy will produce mercy. Right. Exactly. Uh, and And I think that's a really good lesson for all of us, because in today's world and society, right, like, uh, we often try to say, well, you know, the ends justify the means, like, okay, we're going to do all of these, you know, bad things for a good cause. Well, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't make so much sense, right? Uh, so I think that it's a good thing to reflect on that, uh, that, that mentality of that, if we are merciful, it's going to beget mercy. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's a great, that's a great, uh, point, And that's a great, uh, little reading that you shared. Thank you. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. I think in our own lives, can't we all reflect on times where we have given mercy to others? And I'm not saying that it produces this kind of like drug induced effect of, of euphoria or anything like that. Right. But I mean, what you get back from the Lord is, the mercy of God looking down upon you in your heart. And haven't we all felt that at times when, that when we gave of ourselves and we showed mercy to someone, we were able to put ourselves in their shoes, right? Isn't that what it's all about? You can put yourself uh, in your mind's eye, in your heart, into the shoes of that person who's suffering. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, that um, is important to, look at when you look at the that particular aspect of of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes is that you know being understanding i think falls into this this beatitude because when 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 you look at somebody and they may have offended you they may have done many other worse things in your life they may have hurt you, right, and they may have done whatever to you, but when you show mercy, when you show forgiveness to that person, you know, you are recognizing that you're only seeing that they hurt you in that, in that moment or in that event in your life or a series of events in your life, right? But but you don't see their, the rest of their life. You know, I mean, you know, most of the people that we are, you know, talking about here are, are people that, you know, you're not 
living with that you're not you know that that are not your spouse. Although of course you do need to show mercy to your spouse, but but you don't know everybody intimately like a spouse. You might you know like you don't know what your coworker is dealing with. You don't know what your you know friend is dealing with um, at at you know <laughs> you know talking to them at a baseball game. So you don't know what their what their entire life is outside of you know this negative encounter that they that you know where they where they've hurt you or um, done a wrong to you. Um, you don't know their entire lives, and so mercy allows us to say, you know what, God, I don't see the full picture. I don't see their their whole heart right now, but I trust that you do, and so I need to show that that mercy in that moment. And and understanding that is uh, it 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 does take some spiritual maturity to be able to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect on that. So yeah, I I think you're right on when you talk about you know walking in somebody else's shoes, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, because, you know, we don't know exactly what is going on in their lives. And despite how badly they hurt you, they're, they're, they're still deserving of mercy. And knowing that you've done it to some other people in your life, right? Knowing that you have, you know, probably offended other people and you want mercy in your life. You want them to treat you mercifully. Uh, because we're, we're all imperfect, we're all sinners, and so I think that th- this um, beatitude really brings that out. Yeah, Bill, well said. Uh, you know, we we just don't know what people what people are going through. You know, when you think about it, we're spiritual, physical beings. You know, we have emotions, we have uh, mental thoughts, right? I mean, so there's all kinds of aspects of people. And, you know, people can have physical ailments. They can have something psychological going on. They can be dealing with an abusive relationship. They can be dealing with um, something spiritual in their family life, some kind of struggle. So, I mean, I think we always have to have mercy for them. And I'm just going to continue also with what I was reading from catholiclife.dolc.org about breaking the chain. It says, for the order to be established or restored, The chain of disorder must be interrupted. One has to create a pause so that something new can break in. This is what Jesus teaches us repeatedly in the Gospels. Jesus asks us to cause a pause when we encounter violence, persecution, and other disorders. I'll just stop there. But isn't that true? The violence, it has to stop somewhere, doesn't it? And I think that's what mercy is. Mercy is when we step in and say, you know what? No more. Uh, I mean, I, I can just speak from what we all went through this past year, and and it was a very rough year in so many aspects of the United States and the world. But I think each of us has to step out of that and say, you know, I'm going to be merciful to whatever I see in the, in the reaction to some of the dialogue that's happening in the world and some of the violence that's happening, too, uh, to just step away and make that pause and be the person that God calls us to be uh, kind of like that, those little uh, Mother Teresa's, I'll say, you know, be, be that saint, be that person that says, you know what, let's come together in who we are as humans, right? And not the things that separate us. There's so many things that we can say separate us, aren't there? Yeah. Ab- you know, absolutely. And um, yeah, you know, the, the, 
the other thing that popped into my mind as you were talking is this um, is this Bible quote that I had to look up. I had to Google it because I, you know, I I know the quotes, but I don't know, uh, you know, the you know the citations, and the this this quote is really it actually is from Matthew. It's just a couple of chapters later uh, in the in the Gospel of Matthew, and I, and I, and I want to read this because um, this is so beautiful. This is just a beautiful, it's actually the call of St. Matthew. And uh, so, of course, we find it in the Gospel of Matthew, but, but it says this, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he, while he was at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not, call, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so I, so I think, um, you know, as, as we're talking, I... I love that quote. Number one, uh, Jesus quotes uh, the the uh, prophet Hosea, uh, chapter six, verse six: "I desire mercy, not sacrifice." And um, talk about the desire of Jesus. Talk about the desire of Jesus that He desires mercy for for us. Not not all the sacrifice, not all the things that we do, right? Um, not 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 this empty. Like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this and that and give up this. No, I desire for you to, to be merciful. And um, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, and when, when, when we're interacting with sinners, when we're inter interacting with other people who maybe fallen away from, 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 from God and from the church, the, the um, desire... To, to show mercy has to be there. Not, not trying to get them to follow some empty ritual that they don't believe in. You know, we we just have to say God loves you. God has a plan for you. I I was on um, William Hemsworth's podcast a few months ago, and he and he asked me to share a story. I want to share this story with. Um, w I think it's pertinent here as well. Especially when I desire mercy, I had a lady and had get in my Uber uh, from a drug rehab facility uh, recently, and this woman got in my my car and she was uh, just off, just off. Whether she had still been high or whether there was something going on, she was just off, and she decided she she started to make some incoherent statements and just. Uh, was really distraught, wasn't making much sense. And, you know, in a 10-minute Uber ride, you've got to, like, just, it's like a crash course, crash course in trusting the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and I recognized it immediately. You know, she, she had lost her mother. She, she had lost her husband. Uh, she, her kids were taken from her, and she had been to jail for fraudulent check-writing. This was the story that I gathered in 10 minutes. And this woman, whose name was Megan, um, 
was right around my age, and she was just really distraught. And she kept saying to me, I just want somebody that I can trust to, and, and, and turn around and look at in my, in my life. I, need, I, have, I have no one. She, she talked about a fractured relationship with her father. And here I am in a 10-minute Uber ride taking this woman back to her home, finding myself just in awe of the hurt and the pain. And so much, and it was clear that so many people had just rejected her and not shown mercy to her. Uh, surely she had done some things wrong, right? She had, she had committed check fraud. There was things that she did wrong, and she admitted that. But she needed someone in her life to show mercy. And I said to her, you know, I said, you know, I can't. I, you know, I can't be that person, but I will certainly pray for you, right? Like I, I said, I, driving away uh, from her, you know, I, I, I said some prayers for her, and I still, and I, and I still pray for her. But that is, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Like in that moment, I wasn't going to be able to tell her in her life. Um, by the way, you need to, um, you know, like do this and, you know, get your life in order and you need to have all these things in a row. Like, no, it was just things happen for a reason. God loves you. And I will pray that somebody is placed in your life that can help you, you know? And so, you know, I, I just think this, you, when you're talking about God's mercy, you know, Faustina talks about it as the ocean of God's mercy, right? Isn't that what it says in the diary of uh, divine mercy? Yes. Uh, it's an ocean. So it's so big. We just have to dump people into it. We have to dump people into it, um, and and so yeah, I, I you know this this topic is so big, Anne. <laughs> it is, Bill. That was beautiful. I would say that whoever's listening right now, let's lift up that prayer for Megan, because you know what? There's more than one Megan out there. Now, I, you know how I mean that. I know there's only really one Megan, but there's so many people like Megan, so many men and women, and younger, older, middle-aged people who have the same kinds of situations. And that's where mercy comes in. Um, you know, I think that our current Holy Father has probably said more about mercy, I think, than any of our recent popes. Now, I know that John Paul and Benedict said a lot about it, too, but you tend to hear that a lot from Pope Francis in many of his homilies and writings about um, that theme, yeah. right? Because he had that whole year that he dedicated uh, to, to mercy, and I just pulled something up with some quotes from him. Just a few I'll read. Um, one is that a little bit of mercy makes the world less cold and more just. These are all from him and, and from his homilies. Um, when food is thrown out as if it were stolen from the table of the poor, from the hungry, so where, whenever food is thrown out. So that, that has to do more with um, you know, a corporal work of mercy, right? Feeding the hungry. Um, Another one is that uh, although the life of a person is in a land full of thorns and weeds, there is always a space in which a good seed can grow. You have to trust God. Now, some of these don't specifically have to do with mercy, but it all leads to mercy, right? A lot of them lead to mercy. And um, we cannot be part-time Christians. We should seek to live our faith at every moment of every day. I mean, they're just the sum and they're short. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, some of them aren't specifically mercy quotes, but 
Um, he has said an awful lot about it. Um, yeah. I just have one more. Now, this is a longer one that he gave in an address. He said the cross represents all the love of God, which is greater than our inequities and our betrayals. Mm. In the cross, we see the monstrosity of man where he allows evil to guide him. But we also see the immensity of the mercy of God, who does not treat us, who does not treat us according to our sins, but according to his mercy. Yeah. A absolutely. You know, and um, as we are in the Easter season, too, right now, I mean, this is the Easter season, or maybe uh, you know, shortly after in Pentecost. I mean, that's a beautiful reflection for talking about um, God's God's mercy and, and how, you know, I love that last quote because it's talking about the conjunction of, and the greatest act of sin that the world has ever committed— crucifying God to a cross. I mean, you, know, you think about our, our humanity, and we do it every day. Like, like, it, it, like, it's not one group of people that have crucified Jesus. It's all of us. You know, when you, when you look at the catechism, it says that the, that, that the you know, sacrifice of Christ is a perpetual sacrifice. It, it, it exists outside of space and time. Yeah, I, and I don't have the exact quote from the catechism for you, but you can look it up in the catechism, and that's actually what it says. It it is a perpetual act that that that, that transcends space and time, um, and because of that, you know what what you're talking about, Anne, um, is is incredible because we crucify Christ with our sin every single day, but the cross then stands as a reminder that God did it out of mercy for us. He did it so that he could redeem us. He could show us what it looks like to follow him. You know, and he desires us to be with him so much that he's willing to die for us. You know, he, you know God didn't have to do that. You know, like... like like God already did previously in the Old Testament, our greatest um, act of destruction that we've had so far on this planet was a worldwide flood, right? And he wiped out all the people except for a handful, Noah and his family, right? Like that that's the destructive act that, that God vowed never to commit again. And he said, the next time that I do this, I'm going to put, I'm going to fire the wrath upon myself. And he does. He sends his only son here to die for our sins. And that is the mercy that he has. It, 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 it's a merciful act. It's a violent and horrible thing that God goes through. But he does it for us because he loves us so much that he wants to be united with us forever in heaven. That's what he wants. And what a beautiful, merciful act to lay down your life, right, for, for all of mankind. I mean, there, this is where Christianity really, the, you know, the, the rubber meets the road for me. And I, when you look at all the other um, di different religions out there, and I've spent some time in college studying world religions, 
you know, when you look at all of them, Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever, Christianity is the only one that has a God willing to die, to suffer and die for its followers and its people, right? It's not about transcendence. It's not about, you know, finding, um, you know, escape, you know, escapism. It's not about escaping the world. It's not about becoming, you know, in, 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 in... transported to an alternate reality or transporting your mind to an alternate reality. It's none of that. It's, it's actually so radically different. It's, nope, I'm God. I'm willing to come here and die and suffer for you. And that's where I think, you know, the, you know, the litmus test of, you know, Christianity is on, on the truth scale. That's where it meets for me because it explains human suffering. It explains, yeah, and and says that you know even God, who who could be exempt from human suffering, decided not to, decided to show mercy and take on our, you know, failings. And so that's, to me, so beautiful. So I love that. I absolutely love that quote from Pope Francis. I think that's beautiful. Oh, thank you, Bill. And you said that so well because you're right. I mean, there's always a time in all of our lives where we may question that. That ultimate question, why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? I mean, isn't that one question that we always ponder? But honestly, Christianity and our Catholicism, and particularly I think our Catholicism, because we offer something, the remedy, which is the sacramental life, right? We have the real presence of Jesus Christ in the sacraments. Now, I thought we could go in the direction, too, for our listeners and also even for you and I, Bill, here, is that I think, haven't we all had those moments? So I just ask you all who are listening, ponder those moments when you felt and you knew that it was the mercy of God that came into your life, whatever that was. Was it something uh, physical? Was it something spiritual, something psychological, something mental, whatever that was? I mean, this, the name of this podcast is Sowing Hope. And the one thing that brought Bill and I together is also something that how God brought his mercy into our lives in times of suffering, right, Bill? Yeah. When both of us have dealt with, and some of you who are listening have had the same thing, maybe, uh, something to do health-wise that we knew that God was the one that came through and pulled us through very, very difficult experiences. Uh, I know for me that when I received the sacrament of the sick, when I was in my 30s and I was in congestive heart failure after a pregnancy with a disease called um, peripartum cardiomyopathy and receiving that sacrament of the sick was the thing I believe that pulled me through to keep me going. And even to this day, when I prayed to God you know, would you, Lord, give me some time, not so much for myself, but to raise my kids. It was more about that. You know, it was more about that of being, being able to be there for my kids. And how often has God given us that mercy? Not saying that he answers every single prayer exactly as we want it to, but hasn't there been moments? I know for you, Bill, there's been more than one of those kind of moments oh, sure. that has happened where God has 
shown you his mercy and brought you to where you are right now, able to live out a wonderful life and with a baby and yeah. your, your beautiful wife. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I, I think often about how, when, when we were going through this process, uh, I mean, my, you know, my ministry is named Patchwork Heart Ministry, right? This ministry that you're listening to this on is Patchwork Heart Ministry. And, you know, I've told the story many times before, so I'm not going to here, but um, the reality is it's all about imperfect hearts. It's all about imperfect hearts and the fact that we need to have uh, Christ come in and patch up the wounds in our hearts. There's only one person that can do it. You know, it's the divine physician. It's it's Jesus Christ that can patch up the the wounds in our hearts. Uh, and, you know, he is, if we allow him to be the custodian of our heart, he will do it. He will do it. Uh, but I, but, but I think back to, you know, it, it's been a very, very long time that I've always thought about the, the, um, you know, having, having children and having children, there's a great risk for, you know, or greater risk, I shouldn't say a great risk, but there's a large risk for, a larger risk for my children to have some congenital heart defect, because that's what I have. I have a congenital heart defect called Tetralogy of Fallot. Uh, It's been repaired, it's been fixed, but, you know, and thank God I'm still here. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, people in my bloodline do have a greater risk at having this disease, uh, be because of my history. And so it does make you think twice or three or four times or a million times about, you know, bringing new life into the world. Do you want them to have the, that, that, that same wound and go through the same things you have been through? I mean, that, that's a very, very real thing. Um, but, but when you trust in God's mercy, um, you you begin to realize that it's he is in control not you and you begin to think wow if i leave this in your hands god you're going to take care of it and so during this process you know of course we had some extra tests performed on my son uh who who ended up not having any major congenital defects. Uh, and we had some extra tests, and we, we had two uh, echocardiograms, uh, fetal echocardiograms done on his heart. And in conversations with the, um, with the cardiologist, it was, it was this sobering moment both times, like, wow, here is my imperfect heart creating with God a a heart that has no defects you know physical defects to it he Elvin will have a broken heart in some way shape or form we all do but but wow in his heart's not broken in the way that it's that, that mine was as, as as a child and that is incredible. Like when you stop and you think about that, wait a minute, God, you created a kid with a perfect heart. And yeah, my wife doesn't have any heart defects. So, so that ups the, (laughs) that ups the, um, the, the percentage that he wouldn't. But the reality is, wow, right? Like just, wow, how, how beautiful 
is that that God did something? Like, like I'm blown away. You, 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 you reach that point and you're just like speechless at the end of that. You're like, wait a minute, God, you, 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 you did that, and you, you took something that was broken, that's all patched up, that needs, you know, uh, to be followed yearly, that needs to be, you know, operated on every so often, um, and you, 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 you spared my my son of that same of that same fate of having to go through it. And you just sit there and go, wow, God is incredible. God's mercy is amazing. And, and when you trust me, you can do anything. And that's, you know, that's the, that's the line from Faustina too, right? I mean, that's the line that Jesus gave to Faustina, right? It's on the bottom of the divine mercy picture. Jesus, I trust in you, right? Like that, that's the, that's the merciful image that we see the mercy of God. And then, the the key to unlocking it is mer- is trust. You know, Jesus, I trust in you. You got you got to do it, and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, you know, when you especially when you're thinking about you know when 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 real life comes to comes to pass in those moments, it's not as easy to trust in God. But but uh, that's the key to unlocking mercy is trust in God. Amen, Bill. You gave a beautiful testimony of your own life and things that you've gone through physically and how God brought you to where you are now, but this beautiful gift that God has given you and Agnes of the life of Elvin. And I'm so thankful here that he, his heart is healthy. And I just want to ask people to pray for Bill and Agnes and Elvin, the new family, because by the time this uh, episode airs, you know, little Elvin will be probably about a few weeks old or so, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. Somewhere around that <laughs> time frame. So how beautiful is that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, our personal stories mean something not only to God, but to other people, because I mean, I know for myself, Bill, that when I've told that story about my own time that I really felt God came into my life with the sacrament of the sick, is that, um, you know, it touches people because for me, the healing wasn't just the physical, it was also the spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, I, I felt, uh, my family started to go on a better path after that. We'll say, uh, Angelo, my husband who had a conversion as well after that time. But I think that was the beginning of when he opened up his eyes and said, you know, God is merciful. Yeah. You know, God has kept my wife here to this point uh, to to be able to raise these two kids, um, which are now in their 20s. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was my prayer that God would keep me alive for 15, 20 years. And already that's passed. So I'm so thankful that you know how it is, Bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just thank God every day for the gift of life. Yeah. I do that every single morning when I wake up. I say, thank you, Lord, that you gave me today to keep going. Yeah. So we always have to remember that God is keeping us here. He's keeping us uh, able to serve and love him. Right. And that's part of his mercy is the the gift of our lives. You know, good or bad. Life is good. Life is a gift. So if you got up this morning, in my opinion, that's God's mercy. That is God's mercy at work that you are walking around, that you are able to uh, do your thing. I mean, even if you are not able to walk around, even if you're sick for whatever reason and you're not able to get around, 
for whatever reason, God has you here listening to this podcast. So I, I do believe that that is also his mercy. Amen. Yeah. I amen. Had a, amen. I had a, in that similar vein, I had a very smart uh, religious brother, uh, brother Martin, uh, brother Martin Schmitz, who's a, um, who's a brother, uh, with the conventional Franciscans, uh, much, much older now. Um, but, uh, in, in, um, praying with him one time, he told me a very, very beautiful line. He said, you know, if, if your if your eternal destiny was determined by God, you wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> You know, if your eternal destiny was determined by God, you wouldn't be here. Because the moment that God determines, you know, and, and yeah, he knows in his omniscient, you know, God had, you know, where, where, where we're going. <laughs> but the reality is that you have a mission here. And until that mission, until that opportunity, you know, until the last opportunity for you to attain salvation has been given to you, God isn't going to move you from this earth, you know, and you, you might have, you know, in, in, in your prayer and in your beautiful prayer for your family, you know, say, God, you know, keep me around so I can you know, raise my family so I can help, you know, my, my girls come to, you know, uh, you know, know you and, and serve you and love you. Like that prayer is a beautiful prayer. And, and God knew that you you were the person, you were the best person for that mission. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody on the outside. He didn't take you home because he knew that you were the best person to fill that role in your girl's life. And that is what happened, you know, in, in his providence and in his mercy, he, he, he listened, he answered. And, you know, at the same time though, if, if he knew that it was your time, though, he he would have taken you, um, and and that is the great mystery of of life. That's you know no no science book, no no book on earth is going to be ever able to share with you or 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 tell you the things that we're talking about when it comes to God's mercy here. Like there, there are just some mysteries that will always exist. And that is one, like, you know, why does God take certain people earlier than others? Or why does this like that? That is a mystery that we will find out when we no longer inhabit, you know, this body. And, and so, you know, I think your story is, is a beautiful one of God's mercy because, um, you know, in, 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 in the similar vein, it was the same with me, right? Like, I mean, I, I didn't remember these things. I didn't know these things. I was three weeks old when I had, you know, my, my heart issues, you know, <laughs> that's when they were discovered. Right. So, you know, my, my parents had to deal with that, but, but God knew in some strange and crazy way that we'd be sitting here today talking about these things. And he knew that maybe just maybe somebody listening to our words today is is needed it's needed and that's the reason why i'm here alive with the heart beating today because god knew he needed this patchwork heart ministry he knew he and 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 the crazy thing is to whoever's listening he know that he needs you 
to do whatever he is calling you to do. And it doesn't mean you've got to start a ministry. It doesn't mean you've got to start a podcast. It doesn't mean you've got to... You know, but what what is he calling you to do interiorly? What is he calling you to do? And in his mercy, he is allowing you to the opportunity to fulfill it. That That is God's mercy, allowing you to fulfill that. Uh, giving you the chance to to fulfill what only he has called you to um, today. It might be having coffee with a friend who's struggling. It can be as simple as that. It might be just, you know, going to your Bible study tonight because there's going to be somebody that's there that needs to hear what you have to say. What 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 is it? And pray for the openness to allow God and his love to flood your heart so that you can just do it. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, I mean, what you said, God is always speaking to us. So if somebody's listening to this podcast at this moment, there is a reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because we've all been touched by suffering. We've all been touched by mercy as well. And I think that just like I read at the beginning when I read that quote that uh, mercy begets mercy, just like all the other things beget, like love begets love and hate begets hate and violence begets violence, all of these things. So I have another quote from the Holy Father. And I think that when we think about the marginalized, right, when we think about people who have been left out in some way in this world, the, like the person that Bill met in the Uber ride that he discussed, the Holy Father has said that the proof of authentic faith in Christ is self-giving and the spreading of love for our neighbors, especially for those who do not merit it, for the suffering and for the marginalized. That was a message he gave for the World Day of the Sick. And, you know, think about the marginalized in your own life. You know, maybe it's you yourself, so have mercy on yourself. But maybe it's your, your husband, your wife, your kids, you know, your parents, somebody in your neighborhood, somebody at church. Maybe it's somebody at church that sits by themselves, who comes to mass by themselves, who doesn't seem to have a, a group of friends. So just think about that. They're the people that you want to reach out mm -hmm. to. You know, being popular and having a, a nice little group of friends that you feel comfortable with, that's not where God wants us. Yeah, I'm not saying that doesn't mean we shouldn't fellowship. There's nothing wrong with fellowship. We should do it. But really, what should we do is keep our eyes open for those people who are by themselves and be a friend to the friendless, because that's what Christ is calling us to do. And that's what it really means to have mercy. Right. And I think, isn't it, Bill? And I think that when we think in our own lives, maybe it was when you were in school as a child. Or maybe it was at some party that you went to where you were the only one sitting there and you felt so lonely. Or maybe it was actually, like I said, maybe it was actually in your own church pews where you felt not part of the church community for whatever reason. So we are called to be mercy to those people, to be merciful to the people who are being gossiped about or who are being left out of groups or who don't have any friends or people to support them. Yeah. Similar to Megan, right? Yeah. Similar to Megan, who was uh, obviously in, in a bad place, 
And maybe some of the things in her own life were things that, you know, she went in a bad direction herself, right? Um, so some of those things were things that happened to her as a result of poor decisions. And maybe some of those things were as a result of, uh, you know, that sin, right? Sin right. in this world. But, but her but heart's e either still beating. Way. But her heart's that's still right. beating and she has an opportunity that's right. to turn it around. See, that's where the mercy of God comes in. And so we have to just step in and, and, and that beatitude is so important now. Because, because, you know, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Like, you know, and, and in that situation with, with Megan, it's like, show the mercy, right? And, and again, the, the, the quote from Matthew 9, 13 about, you know, go and learn the meaning of, you know, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, right? Like, like it, it, there's, there's nothing you're going to be able to do in those, in, in those moments, in a situation like that, other than point out that God is merciful and that God can help you and that he loves you. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, does, does, does he care that you wrote fraudulent checks or that you sinned in another billion different creative ways? Yes. He doesn't want you to sin. He doesn't want you to to, to, to do those things. It, it, are, there, are there temporal punishments for those sins? Absolutely. Going to jail, losing your kids. Like, there's, there's real world, you know, suffering and, 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 and punishments for those things. Um, and some of it's determined by God's justice. But the reality is, is that mercy is greater than those. And the fact that her heart is still beating, the fact that your heart and my heart are still beating... Is, is an opportunity to turn it all around. You just turn it around. Like, you know, God, I'm, I am deeply sorry. I, I, you know, and, and repentance is part of receiving the mercy. Repentance is part of receiving the mercy of God. Deeply repenting and saying, God, I am so sorry for what I have done, and I, and I don't wish to offend you anymore, and thank you for giving me another moment of life. And... We are called to be merciful in every situation, because again, we don't know. I didn't know. I, I don't even know where where Megan is today. I have no clue. You know, it, it was a it was a random encounter with with her through through the grace of the Holy Spirit in ten minutes, right? And I could have chosen to turn the music up and just say. Lady, I don't want to hear your miserable story. <laughs> right? I yes, could, Bill. Mm -hmm. I, I could have chosen to do that. You know, I didn't, thank God. But but, but you can. And so, when, when God presents those moments to be merciful, he's not, he's not asking you to sort out their entire life. He's not asking you to, you know, provide a solution. He's just asking you to say, remember, remember mercy here because I've shown you mercy too. And I will continue to show you mercy if you show mercy in these situations. And it, it, that's just the truth. Oh, amen. Amen, Bill. It's, it's so true. I mean, and we've discussed this on one of our other podcasts before, but one element that we can all do, I think, is something called active listening. 
And that is an element that is just not found very often in society these days. It's not even found in the church that often, I hate to say it. But um, what is active listening? It's meaning allowing the person to talk. Don't cut them off. Let them say what they need to say. Give them a chance. It, you know, we don't need to prove them right or wrong because God is, is really the leader there, right? God is the one that's, that's leading, the Holy Spirit can lead you in those conversations. Uh, you don't need to make sure that they understand. I mean, you only need to shine the love of God and maybe you can point them in the right direction, right? Maybe you can offer some guidance, um, but essentially those decisions that people make are not ours, right? They're other people's, but we can show them Christ simply by being there for them and listening. And, you know, it doesn't mean, like you said, you don't know where Megan is right now. You, you know, it was a 10 minute uh, short little interaction there, but you can certainly continue to pray for her. I know that I've had people in my own life and even in the foundation that I represent uh, the St. Raymond Donatus foundation, where we have people come to us all the time that are looking for mercy because we help families in crisis and also families and individuals who are affected by divorce and separation so, um, and with that note, I should mention that if they want to um, connect, <laughs> yeah. if I could just mention, uh, go to nonatus.org. That's the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. And make an appointment because I represent the Mercedarian Friars, uh, which it's all their about web- mercy. Right. <laughs> That's right. Mercedarian Friars. Their website is orderofmercy.org if you want to check out their religious order. They're also called Mercedarians, as I said. But you can make a, f- a free spiritual consultation appointment with a Mercedarian friar. His name is Father Ken Breen. He's our spiritual moderator. And if you contact me at nonatus.org, then you can actually make an appointment with a priest. And he will be that listening ear for you. And he will pray for you. And the religious order will pray for you. And so will I. Yep. And so will Bill. I know he will, too. He's on our board. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bill's and, on the board of, of the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, we, we if we do not, and th- this beatitude is all about putting your money where your mouth is, you know, you know, in, in some respects, to use that phrase, right? It's, it's all about being invested in, in, in the Christian life. Jesus is asking, you know, for for the whole heart right here. He's asking for everything. And um, in fact, it was another Uber ride yesterday that I had uh, with, with a young woman who uh, said to me, I was playing religious music in the car. I, I, sometimes I just put on Christian worship music real low in the background. And she said, what denomination are you? <laughs> and uh, and I said, oh, I, well, I'm Catholic, actually. And she goes, oh, I'm I'm Pentecostal. Uh, and I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, I'm a charismatic Catholic, and blah blah blah. We had a nice little conversation. And uh, over the course of the conversation, she said, you know, um, we, you know, I I don't do all these like denominations and things. I don't do all this stuff. You know, I I look at people, and that's how I determine whether they're living the Christian life or not. You know, that's my litmus test, you know, and and that was a beautiful thing to say. You know, I wasn't going to convince her about Catholicism in a, in, a, in a five and a half minute Uber, right? Like, it's not what my job was, but it was to just listen and, and be present. And what a beautiful thing that impacted me. Like, just I look at people and how they live their lives. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Like, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Like, are you living 
a merciful lifestyle? Are you living the life of Christ in your daily life? And if you are, then I will give you mercy in those situations that you require mercy yourself, because guess what? You aren't perfect either. So that, you know, it's a, it's a very, very important thing to just remember. You know, are you living your life mercifully? And I think, you know, Christ is saying, are you all in? Are you all in for me? And that's a beautiful thing about the Mercedarians, too, because their entire order is around, centered around mercy. It's centered around, you know, freeing the captive. That, you know, and we don't have time in the podcast today to look, you know, to look into that. But the reality is, go to the website and said orderofmercy.org. Go there and, and look it up and, and encounter what they can do for you, especially if you're struggling, especially if you need more in your life. Reach out for that free spiritual consultation, you know, and and I I know Father Ken, he, he has no ulterior motives. Like he's not trying to get you to sign up for some, you know, religious thing. He doesn't want you to become, you know, a, a religious friar. He doesn't want you to enter a con. Like he's not looking at that. All he's saying is here. I'm here to help. I'm here to discern what the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and the ways the Holy Spirit's working in your life right now and and maybe just offer you some peace and some hope and some help. And so um, really, really take people up on take them up on that opportunity. If you if you need some direction, if you're if you're struggling, if you're if someone in your family is struggling, just take an opportunity to look at that. Oh, Bill, thank you so much. I do want to mention, too, um, there's two different websites there. So the one is the order of That's to learn about the Mercedarian Friars. Uh, or connect with them. And then the other one is to make that appointment that Bill was talking about, you would go to nonazis.org. So that's where you would be able to actually make that uh, free spiritual consultation with Father Ken. So thank you so much, Bill. This has been awesome. I love this topic. <laughs> it is. It's a wonderful topic. It's um, it, Again, this whole series, you just learn so much. This whole series, I've been learning so much. I've been uh, and and of course, growing together in faith with you and with our listener base, which is awesome. And so, uh, folks, we we do want to remind you that you can continue to uh, share this podcast with others, right? Like, uh, please please look up Patchwork Heart Radio wherever it's found. If you're um, wherever podcasts are found, look it up, find it, uh, and and share it because that's how you can get. Uh, more people to follow us and to follow God in turn. Uh, know that, again, I've said this on the past like four podcasts, but we are not perfect at living this. Uh, I know I am far from living uh, this this life, this Christian life perfectly, but um, we just want you to have those resources and know that we're here to walk with you along that journey um, as we as we journey with imperfect hearts. Well said. Well said. So we're right now we're, this was the fifth beatitude. So next yeah. week we come back or next time to the sixth one. So we're looking forward to that one, Bill. Yes, that'll be, uh, that'll be another heart filled one <laughs> because uh, blessed are the clean of heart for they will see God. <laughs> there we go. That's a good uh, one. That's another good one. Uh, that we'll, we'll have a lot of fun with that one as well. But folks, mm -hmm. uh, until next time, we just uh, really appreciate you all uh, tuning in and being a part of our ministry. And um, as we always say, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org, uh, nonatus.org, the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, and then uh, Fiat Ministry Network, uh, TV. Until then, though, uh, until next time, we'll keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope in those broken hearts.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWHMinistry or andesantis2. Over 2,000 years ago, two disillusioned disciples walked along a dusty road to Emmaus. They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home questioning the future. Until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. Today, many young Catholics step onto college campuses with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed of faith given to them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, scheduled to be released in the summer of 2021, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. To pre-order your copy and help spread the word about the book, visit patchworkheart.org.